It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Is this the time? Is this finally the year that the Gophers beat Iowa? You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Golden Gophers. However it turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Lockdown Golden Gophers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Rob, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. That is right, Gophers fans. If you haven't been tapped in yet, this is a show where we always continue to row. We have coverage for Gophers talk when it comes to football basketball, and hockey every single day of the week, Monday through Friday. So be sure to follow wherever you get your podcasts at Lockdown Golden Govers. Leave a five-star review so other Gopher fans can find the podcast. And also be sure to head on over to YouTube where we have a daily video of the show as well. Sometimes we're able to throw some extra graphics in there on top 10 countdowns and things like that. You're definitely going to want to stay posted and we're going to do some live shows this year after some away games so be sure to hit subscribe over on youtube so you don't miss any of that now we've been doing a behind the enemy lines where we're talking about each and every gophers opponent on the schedule for the 2023 season and today is none other than the iowa hawkeyes that the gophers play in week eight we have to talk about the changes that have happened for the iowa hawkeyes over the offseason as well as a make or break for the Gophers in the 2023 season. And we'll also talk about the strengths and weaknesses of Iowa to wrap up the show. But first, we have to talk about the Gophers offense because it holds a whole lot of promise. And not only that, not just promise, but I truly believe this offense could be as good as the 2019 offense that we saw when the Gophers went 11-2 and and really put their names into the conversation when it came to being on, on the rise, a team of progress. I think that this team's offense could rival that. Maybe it won't get to that caliber because there are a lot of younger players on this offense, but if they step into their own, it could happen. So embrace being slept slept on because anywhere you hear about the Gophers, you're not going to hear, oh, this team, they're impressive. Oh, this team, they have a lot of players. You're not going to hear it. And I feel like Gophers fans always are consistently having to defend themselves and go to bat for their guys. But you know what? Embrace being slept on. All outside opinions that I've ever heard from casual consumers of college football are that the Gophers will fall off because Mo Ibrahim is gone. We know better than that. 
Now, the next step up from the casual consumers of college football is those that are moderately involved with college football, and they keep up for the most part. And they'll tell you, well, we have a new quarterback, and the offense is unknown, and Mo Ibrahim is gone. So the Gophers are going to be on the downswing. But Gophers fans, I'm telling you right now, just let that conversation go. Because no matter how much you inform, that opinion will not change. Not until the games are actually played. So the Gophers have to let their play on the field do the talking. And they will have an opportunity from the jump to get some recognition. Recognition, I guess, is the word I was looking for there. They'll have the opportunity in week one versus Nebraska. Now, Ethan Kaliagmanis, I think he will garner respect this year. He's got all of the upside. You know what? Tanner Morgan got respect over his time, never to the to the echelon of, oh, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten. But he got respect, especially after that 2019 season. Now, I think Ethan's upside is a lot higher than that. And I mean a lot, just the natural talent he has, the ability to drop the a ball right into the breadbasket, right into a bucket. His ability of placement along with the arm talent and how strong his arm is. If you listen to anything that Gophers players said at the Big Ten Media Days, Brevin Spanford, Chris Hotman-Bell, even in some of the pressers we've had thus far this summer, they talk about how big Ethan's arm is. And we've seen that on full display, especially in spring, especially in the fall camp of last year. And I'm telling you, we are bound to see it again during the season. We will see the flashes. He will garner more respect as the year goes on. So it's nothing to fret about right now. Now to the outside world, people will be like, wow, whatever insert running back here steps up, they came out of nowhere. But it's not out of nowhere. And if you need the proof of that, you can just look to the 2021 Gophers season. Because in that 2021 Gophers season, Mo went down with an injury in the very first game of the season. And the following is what preceded that. Trey Potts, 552 yards and six touchdowns rushing in four and a half games. Then Trey Potts gets injured. And Bryce Williams comes in as the starter in 175 yards and three touchdowns in about two-ish games. Then Bryce Williams gets injured. Kai Thomas, Bucky Irving, two freshmen, one a red shirt, the other true freshman. They come in. Kai Thomas has 824 rush yards, six touchdowns in nine games on 166 attempts. And Bucky Irving has 699 rushing yards and four touchdowns in 11 games on 133 attempts. Now, the Gophers had the number six, the number 12, and the number 15 rushers in the entire Big Ten all in a year where Mo was expected to be the guy and suffered an Achilles injury. And Potts was 15th in rushing in that season in only four and a half games. Now, Potts didn't go on to show a ton of upside last year when Mo went down, but Potts also came back from a freak injury. But now you're talking about a Sean Tyler who has put on two good seasons of production at the MAC level running for over 1,000 yards. You're talking about Zach Evans who got five touches last year, had 30 yards on a touchdown, and showed nothing but promise in both of the past two spring games. If not for an injury, he could have maybe been involved more often last season to kick it off. And then you talk about Darius Taylor, one of the 
prized possessions, prized recruits, prized commitments of the 2023 class. Four-star guy from Michigan. Michigan wanted him. Michigan State wanted him. Wisconsin wanted him. A lot of schools, over 30 offers, wanted Darius Taylor. There's a whole lot of problems in that running back room, and the Gophers will be all right. But it's the pass catchers that people are overlooking. Not everyone. Phil Steele gave a lot of love to the Gophers pass catchers, listing them as the third best pass catching unit in the entire conference in the Big Ten. Only behind Ohio State, understandable. Ohio State's one of the best wide receiver rooms in the entire nation for, what, five, six, seven years straight? And the only other team behind or in front of the Gophers was Maryland. Sure, they got some good transfers coming in. They've showed a lot of production with Talia at the quarterback. But the Gophers getting third on that Phil Steele ranking, which is one of probably the most viewed rankings when it comes to all that, when it comes to breaking down teams and depth charts and positions and all that, to get a little love there was impressive, to say the least. You're talking about Chris Hyman Bell, who I feel like all the Big Ten has some respect for. Now he's going on his seventh year, which is wild to think about. Dr. Uh, Chris Hyman Bell, just kind of crazy, Dr. Crab, But he has garnered respect from his games in the 2019 season, from his games in 2020, even his kickoff to the 2022 season last year showed a lot of promise. He can get it done across the field. He can get it done in the one-on-one, in the contested catch. He can create separation, route separation. I mean, Chris Hyman Bell has respect in the conference, so that's one name people recognize. But then you've got Brevin Spanford, who could potentially be the best tight end in the entire Big Ten conference. And now Iowa fans might be listening to this episode like, whatever, we're tight end university. Luke Lachey is going to show you up, blah, blah, blah. No, Brevin Spanford is the truth. One of the best blocking tight ends in the entire country on top of the production in the receiving game. If it weren't for a couple drops last year, he'd have more touchdown production on top of the yardage that he already had. So Brevin Spanford, Chris Hattman-Belt, those are the names people know, but Daniel Jackson, And his rise last year, having not started the year healthy, having missed basically the first two and a half games, being on a pitch count in that game three, and not really getting to jump in until game four, then going on to lead the team in receiving yards, showing out as a wide receiver one in times of need. The only way the Gophers had production in that Purdue game was on the back of Daniel Jackson. Multiple, multiple touchdown games, a few handful of 100-yard games, and since I have seen him in the spring, he only looks more confident. He only looks more polished. He only looks more ready to show out and be a number one receiver in the 2023 season. In fact, Coach Flex said in his media days presser that Daniel Jackson is probably one of the most quietest wide receivers in the country that's one of the best wide receivers in the country. Now, that's high praise from coach who coached Corey Davis, Tyler Johnson, Rashad Bateman, and many others along the way. Daniel Jackson holds a lot of promise. You talk about Elijah Spencer coming in as another another weapon for the Gophers. 11 catches in the spring game, but the separation that he creates from a slant that the team knew was coming, that 
was what was impressive. How much separation he got. Corey Crooms, who absolutely lit it up with Western Michigan, runs the slot position, gives us confidence in the slot. Lamecki Brockington, who had a huge winning touchdown against the Wisconsin Badgers, has had moments and flashes, is ready to come into his own. That's six quality options to help Ethan succeed. And that doesn't even bring up young guys like Christian Hoskins and Kenrick Lanier waiting in the wings. So be slept on. Embrace it. Because this Gophers offense holds a lot of potential, and 2023 could be the year where we see it all come to fruition. Now it's time for us to jump into the breakdowns for Behind Enemy Lines, and we're talking about the Iowa Hawkeyes. But before we do that, we need to talk about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs, because these days every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. So why not make it easier for yourselves? And head on over to LinkedIn Jobs, where they have all of the eyes, all of the viewability, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you should check out LinkedIn Jobs. They make it super easy for you. You get to put a purple hashtag on your profile picture there that says you're hiring. So the rest of your network can help you out and make suggestions and expand the candidates available for your position. Then you can use simple tools like screening questions to make it easier to focus on the right candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview. It makes it so easy, so impactful, and whenever I need help for anything job-related, I'm always checking out LinkedIn. That's where you can find the best options. LinkedIn Jobs will help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, and you can post about your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, Gophers fans, we're jumping in. We're talking about the Iowa Hawkeyes. And you know what? The changes for the Iowa Hawkeyes could be seismic for them in the upcoming season, or they could add up to nothing. Who knows? Because... They could be held back by the offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz, once again. Head coach Kirk Ferentz, his father, entering year 25 as a coach. And consistency has definitely been there over his tenure as the head coach. Now, the last time they won the Big Ten West was in 2021. But if not for dropping the final game of the season to Nebraska last year, they could have been back-to-back champions of the Big Ten West over the last two years. But what held them back is that offense. That offense absolutely shot themselves in the foot. And Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator, heading into year seven as offensive coordinator, I believe is the coach who led this team to 129th or 130th, depending on the websites you're looking at, ranking in the country of 131 teams of total offense. In 2022, 129th in the entire country. He also had a bottom 12 offense in 2021. And then the highest, looking at his tenure, the last six years at offensive coordinator, the highest he's ever gotten in yards per game as an offense was 86th 
in the country of 130 schools. Three years of being in over 100. I believe he had 114th year, 129th year, and 119th year or something like that. It's been bad. It's been bad, but you don't have to tell Iowa Hawkeye fans that. You don't have to tell Gophers fans that. So let's move forward. Defensive coordinator Phil Parker is back. Not diving too far into him because we know he gets it done, and he's serving in his 12th season as defensive coordinator for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Now, when you look at impact transfers, the guys that could make a big difference for the Hawkeyes in this upcoming season, you're talking about Eric All, a tight end from Michigan, who has shown the upside and ability to be a weapon. Now, if Iowa, the school that always has usage with two tight ends, but always has one tight end pop off every year, like clockwork, sometimes two. <clears throat> Y'all remember Kittle and Noah Fant at the same time? Sometimes it is two. But they got Eric All coming in to pair with Luke Lachey at the tight end position. They've got Cade McNamara coming in from Michigan at the quarterback position, which they've needed some more consistency in that quarterback room. Last year was tough to say the least for the program. <clears throat> they've also got Caleb Brown, a wide receiver coming from Ohio State. He was a true freshman last year, redshirted, didn't get any time. He's looking to step up for the Hawkeyes this upcoming season. Then they've got Rusi Feth. Dijon Parker, both offensive linemen from lower divisions coming in to the program that could use some help, at least some depth in the <clears throat> offensive line position. And then Nick Johnson, a linebacker from Virginia coming through as well. Now we dive into the offense. Quarterback Cade McNamara is bringing veteran experience, the playoff game experience to this Iowa Hawkeyes team. Now that said, last year started really poorly for him before he lost the job at Michigan. But in 2021, he grades out as a 77.4 quarterback on the PFF grading system with 2,572 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, and six interceptions. Now, he is far more efficient, and Iowa Hawkeyes could use some efficiency at the quarterback position. He should be able to manage the game well for Iowa in their upcoming season. But that being said, I'm not sure how how able he is to go out there and win you a game with his arm. If he has that type of talent, I don't think I've seen that really in his time with Michigan. In fact, in his 21 games played, he's had five games with over 200 passing yards, five out of 21. And only one of those has been with over 300 passing yards. He also has had 21 total touchdowns in those 21 total games played about one touchdown a game. So he can be a steady Eddie for you, but the upside is limited in my opinion. Now sliding on over to the running back position, I think Caleb Johnson is the truth. He graded out as an 80 PFF grade in his true freshman season, and he didn't even truly start playing until week four. And even if, even after that, even once he had started playing in week four, he only had two games, two games with more than 16 rushing attempts on the entire season. That didn't stop him from running for 777 rushing yards with six touchdowns, and he had three games over 100 yards rushing, including a 200-yard game as a true freshman. And that was against Purdue, whose defense was pretty good last year. Now, I truly believe this kid, when it's all said and done, could be the best Iowa running back in the last 15 or so years. I was a big fan of him as a recruit, and I'm giving him his props. He's going to be a problem in the Big Ten for the next few years. 
But then you kick over to the wide receiver room, and that's where the Hawkeyes have issues, in my opinion. Nico Regani could have said his name wrong. Hawkeyes fans will let me know in the comments, I'm sure. But he's back. The senior has the most reception yards coming back to the team production-wise from last year with 396. There are no other real threats in the wide receiver room outside of Caleb Brown, who is an unknown. He was a highly recruited uh, prospect coming into college football, four-star guy, close to five-star guy, who headed to Ohio State, who has a knack for wide receivers, but he didn't get the playing time right away, transferred out. We'll see if Iowa will use him because we've seen highly recruited, highly uh, highly rated, highly starred guys head to Iowa in the transfer portal, but we've seen them take those promising wide receivers and not use them. So I don't know if I'm willing to trust Brian Ferentz to actually use his talents and use the most of that four-star capability. But when you're talking about pass catchers with Iowa, you can't bring up, you can't talk about pass catchers and not bring up the tight ends. Like I said, they like to claim themselves as tight end university. So they have two stud tight ends for this upcoming season. Luke Lachey, who had 382 yards last year. And if you want proof he can fill Laporta's shoes, look to the final three games where he never graded under an 81 on PFF once Laporta was out versus uh, Minnesota when he got his injury. He had 77 major yards versus Minnesota to help ice away that game. He had 89 yards and a touchdown versus Nebraska and was basically their only offense in that game. And then 36 yards and a touchdown in the bowl versus Kentucky. Now, along with Luke Lachey, you've got Eric Alf, the Michigan transfer who has played with Cade McNamara. They might have some chemistry going together in 2021, which was the last time he got significant playing time. He had 437 yards and two touchdowns. So there's a lot of upside with him as well. But the offensive line, that's the last thing we're talking about on the offense. They have two transfers coming in. Both of those guys are probably depth players for them, but they have five majority starters back. Their center, Logan Jones, their left tackle, Mason Rickman, right tackle, and then he played a little bit of left guard in Connor Colby, left guard and right guard, Nick Jajong, and then a right guard in Bo Stevens. They all played a heavy amount of snaps last season. Now you hear five starters returning and you think, ooh, that should be good. They have a lot of consistency. That could be a problem. But the Iowa offensive line was a problem for Iowa in 2022. In fact, none of them rated above a 57 when it came to PFF's pass blocking grades. And the best of them were in the high 60s when it came to the running run blocking grades. Now, what you're shooting for in PFF, you want to get to that, that 70 or above, that's where you start to get to the real shine. When you get to the high 70s and the 80s, that is the best in the country. So the 57s in pass blocking, it's rough. It's rough. Now you hear all of that in Iowa's offensive line continued to prove that they struggled last year where they were 105th in the nation in sacks given up with 38 sacks given up, nearly three a game. And those five players that I listed coming back that had a majority of the starts from last year accounted for 85 pressures. So that is a struggle for Iowa who will have to significantly improve with similar talent. But the bread and butter for the Hawkeyes is as always the defense. They were second in the nation in total defense, 12th in the nation in run defense, sixth in the nation in pass defense, second in the nation in scoring defense, and tied for 20th in the nation in turnovers gained with 23. Now, they've had some key losses. Luke Van Ness, the edge, went to the Packers in the draft. Jack Campbell went on to the Lions in the draft. 
Riley Moss was drafted. Then they had two undrafted free agents that were full-time starters in Seth Benson and Kayvon Merriweather. That's four starters and a key player in Lucas Van Ness who are all gone from the defense. But they do have a lot of key returners coming back and highly one, highly valued ones at that. Cooper DeJean, or Cooper DeJean, I always forget how to say his last name. Bear with me. Bear with me. But Cooper started 813 snaps last year. PFF grade of 88.5, five interceptions, five pass breakups, two touchdowns last year. He's the difference maker, and he has been for the last two years for Iowa at the cornerback position. Quinn Schultz is back as a starting safety, 880 snaps last year, 73.5 PFF grade. Logan Lee on the interior defensive line, 595 snaps as a starter last year, 74.5 PFF grade. Noah Shannon, defensive line, starter coming back, 513 snaps. Joe Evans, edge, starter, 473 snaps coming back. And then Sebastian Castro, a cornerback, he started last year, 446 snaps. All those guys are coming back. That's one, two, three, four, five, six starters Heavily used starters are back on an Iowa defense that was one of the best in the entire country. And that's not even talking about Xavier Nwakpa, who is a young safety that you should keep your eyes on. Because only playing in three games last year, he really showed out in the bowl game and showed he is probably the next up in that Iowa D-backs room. So long story short, Iowa's defense is going to be nasty as per usual. The offense at skill positions has a lot of talent and an efficient QB, but the stubbornness of Ference, will that hold the team back? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a make or break for Iowa and the do or die for the Gophers versus them coming up next. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, Gophers fans. So we got to talk about make or break with the Iowa Hawkeyes. I've officially done, I haven't officially done my game predictions for the season, but off of gut feeling, off of going off of schedules and everything like that, if I had to pick right now who would be the winner of the West, Iowa would get my vote. And that feels absolutely downright dirty to say. But again, I haven't done my official predictions game by game and looking at that yet, so don't hold me to it. Now, that being said, this is a winnable game for the Minnesota Gophers in hostile territory and all. The make or break for this game is late game execution. Poise is the word for the Gophers in 2023, and the game versus Iowa has been complete poison over the last three full seasons. They haven't been able to hold it together in the late game execution. They've been in every single one of these games. Statistically, they've led in production in a lot of the last three full game, full season games against Iowa. But you can't miss field goals. You have to capitalize on turnovers rather than suffering from them. Now, I know you might be saying, well, duh, Kane, you have to do that. But hear me out. 2022, we had a missed field goal in the game. A fourth quarter fumble that Minnesota eventually forced a three and out in right after, so it didn't hurt us too bad. But then a late interception with two minutes left that took the game away in the fourth in a field goal loss game. Then you go to 2021. We had a missed field goal 
in the late third quarter when down one point. Then later down two points with two minutes remaining and the Gophers have a turnover on downs. Then, and that was a five-point loss. Then you go to the 2019 season. We had a field goal missed in the game. You see what I'm saying here? You don't think about it as much after it's done, but that's three straight games or three seasons, three of the last four losses where we've lost single digits. We've missed a field goal in the game. And then in under two minutes to go, down four points with the ball, we have a pass intercepted in that 2019 season and lose the game by four points. So late game execution has been the absolute make or break for the Gophers versus Iowa, and it likely will be again in week eight at Iowa. So the Gophers have to show that poise and show improvement in the late game execution. Now, the strengths of this Iowa team, they have one of the best defenses in the country yet again, a special teams unit that legitimately makes a difference each year, a running back who poses to be a threat at each level of the field, and tight end talent in Lachey and all that are potentially some of the best in the country, best tight end room up there in the country. Weaknesses, you've got Brian Ferentz, play calling and decision making. That's been shooting them in the foot for the last couple of years now. Then you have wide receiver consistency. Do they have any real talent? Is Caleb Brown the truth or is he not? And then finally, the offensive line has been a weakness for them, giving openings to pressure and chaos often. So the offensive line looks similar to last year, and it's something that Gophers could possibly capitalize on to keep themselves in this game at Kinnick. That's going to do it for us here today at Lockdown Golden Gophers. Let me know your thoughts down below. Let me know if this is the year we bring home the bacon, if Floyd is coming back to Minnesota. I want to hear your thoughts and more down in the comments on YouTube. I will see you tomorrow where we are going to talk about the next opponent, which is Michigan State. Row the boat, Sky Yumako Gophers. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. Oh yeah, and we hate that. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.